It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded and I'm live. You Savior, Savior, hear my young cry, young cry, no one
never lost a case, never lost a battle. Amen. So I'm trusting you with mine. Amen. Thank God. Amen. That you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. Still sitting on the throne. Amen. There's, there's a new king sitting on the throne. Name is Jesus. Amen. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Thank God that he rules in the hearts of men. Amen. We thank God for another opportunity to come together. Amen. To expound once again upon his holy word. Amen. That's why people call the saints of God holy, because they live by God's holy word. Amen. You 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 live by whatever, that's what you're called by. Amen. And so the saints of God are called holy because they live by God's holy ordinance, his holy word. Amen. And and and, and people shouldn't be afraid to say that, regardless to what kind of life you came from or what mistakes you have made. Amen. If you're living by by the word of God, amen, the word declares that you're holy. Jesus said, be ye holy. I'm holy. The word of God, every word in here is about Jesus. Amen. The Old Testament speaks about his coming. The New Testament, he's here. Amen. The epistles, the, the book of Acts and the epistles, talk about what he did when he was here. So everything about him is about him. Amen. As a matter of fact, the scripture declares that we move, we live, and we have our being in the Lord. It's all, it's all in here. That's what life consists of. Life consists in Christ. He that have life, have Christ. He that have not life, have not Christ. It all, it all, it's all in him. Amen. Don't think that you're living because you got a fine house or you're driving a nice car. Amen. You got your good job, got your money saved. Amen. Don't think you're living. Amen. You're just making up the population. Amen. If you don't have Christ in your life, you're just making up the population. Amen. I'm reminded about, about the rich young ruler. Amen. Master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He had so much. Jesus said, look, tell all you have. Amen. Give it to the poor. Come follow me. Amen. He said, this is a hard saying. He walked away. Amen. Left Christ behind. So he didn't want to leave his riches. This is too hard of a saying for a man to do. To sell all he had, give away everything that he didn't work for, just to follow you. Oh, come on, Jesus. Amen. Got to be a different way than that. Ain't no other way. Jesus, I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No man can come unto the Father except he come. Amen. Amen. Our lesson on tonight will be coming from Second Samuel chapter 13. And Second Samuel chapter 13, I'll be reading to your hearing from the King James Version. Therefore, if you have a Gideon or NIV or any other type of Bible other than the King James, amen, some of the wordings may be different. Some of the, the reading of the scripture, the verses of scripture might be different. But I pray that as we expound upon the, the verses of scripture and bring it to life where we live at from day to day, I pray that it's something that God will say to us 
amen, that would enhance our understanding of who we are and what we should be in the Lord. Hopefully we'll see ourselves in the word of God. And we thank God for your presence. Amen. We are New Way of Life Ministries. I'm Pastor Herman L. Evans. We're located 328 State Highway 249 in Pinehurst, Texas. Our zip is 77362. Our email address is nwoflife2002 at yahoo.com. And let us hear from you. Amen. We'll be more glad to hear a response from you that we have been a blessing. Amen. Open up your eyes of understanding to something maybe that you didn't know before or that you had questions about. And we'd be more glad to hear from you. Amen. You'll bless us even as we're coming before you to to be a blessing to you. We can be a blessing to to one another. Amen. Matter of fact, these are the things that, one of the things that Martin Luther King said in one of his speeches, he said, when he died, when he leave away from him, he said, don't stand before the people and talk about all his accomplishments, the Nobel Peace Prize and all these different things. He said, somebody could just stand up in the congregation and say that he helped them along the way. Amen. And he said, I know my limits, but not being there. Amen. And that's, that's, that should be, amen, uh, the world's motto that our living is not in vain, that, we, that the Lord placed us here to be a help to somebody. Second Samuel chapter 13, we begin our reading from verse 1. And it came to pass after this, that Absalom, the son of David, had a fair sister whose name was Tamar. And Amnon, the son of David, loved her. And Amnon was so vexed that he felt sick for his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin. And Amnon thought it hard for him to do anything to her. And Amnon had friend, whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shemir, David's brother. And Jonadab was a, was a very subtile man. And he said unto him, Why art thou, being the king's son, lean from day to day? Will thou not tell me? And I have not said unto him, I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. And Jonadab said unto him, Lay thee down on thy bed, and make thyself sick. When thy father cometh to see thee, say unto him, I pray thee, let my sister Tamar come and give me meat, and dress the meat in my sight, and I may see it and eat it at our hands. So Amnon lay down and made himself sick. And when the king was come to see him, Amnon said unto the king, I pray thee, let Tamar, my sister, come and make me a couple of cakes in my sight, that I may eat at her hand. Then David sent home to Tamar, saying, Go now to thy brother Amnon's house. And dress him meat. So Tamar went to her brother, Amnon's house. And he was laid down. And she took flour and kneaded it. And made cakes in his sight. And did bake the cakes. And she took a pan and poured them out before him. But he refused to eat. And Amnon said, Have out all men from me. And they went out, every man from him. And Amnon said unto Tamar, Bring the meat into the chamber, that I may eat of thy hand. Tamar took the cakes which she had made and brought them into the chamber to Amnon, her brother. And when she had brought them unto him to eat, he took hold of her and said unto her, Come lie with me, my sister. And she answered him, Nay, 
my brother, do not boast. For no such thing ought to be done in Israel. Do not thou dishonor And I, whether shall I, whether shall I cause my shame to go? And as for thee, thou shalt be as one of the fools in Israel. Now therefore I pray thee, speak unto the king, for he will not withhold me from thee. Albeit, he will not hawk unto her voice, but be stronger than she, post her, and lay with her. And Amnon hated her exceedingly, so that the hatred wherewith he hated her was greater than the love wherewith he had loved her. And Amnon said unto her, Arise, be gone. And she said unto him, There is no cause. This evil in sending me away is greater than the other that thou did unto me. But he would not hearken unto her. Then he called his servant that ministered unto him and said, Put now this woman out from me, and bolt the door after her. And she had a garment of diverse colors upon her, but with such robe were the king's daughters that were virgins apparel. Then his servant brought her out and bolted the door after her. And Tamar put ashes on her head and rent her garment of diverse colors that was on her, and laid her hand on her head and went on crying. Absalom, her brother said unto her, Had Amnon, that brother, been with thee? But hold now thy peace, my sister. He is thy brother. Regard not this thing. So Tamar remained desolate in her brother's Absalom's house. But when King David heard of all these things, he was very wroth. Absalom spake unto his brother Amnon, neither good nor bad. Absalom hated Amnon, because he had forced his sister Tamar. And it came to pass after two full years that Absalom had sheep shearers in Belhazor, which is beside Ephraim. And Absalom invited all the king's sons. And Absalom came to the king and said, Behold now, that servant had sheep shearers. Let the king, I beseech thee, and his servants go with thy servant. And the king said to Absalom, Nay, my son, let us not all let, let us not all now go, lest, lest we be chargeable unto thee. And he pressed him, howbeit he would not go, but blessed him. And said Absalom, If not, I pray thee, let my brother Abner go with us. And the king said unto him, Why should he go with thee? And Absalom pressed him, that he let Abner and all the king's sons go with him. Now Absalom had commanded his servants, saying, Mark ye now, when Amnon's heart is merry with wine, and when I send to you, smite Amnon, then kill him. Fear not, have not I commanded you? Be courageous and be valiant. And the servants of Absalom did unto Amnon as Absalom had commanded. Then all the king's sons arose, and every man got him up upon his mule and fled. And came to pass while they were in the way that Titus came to David, saying, Absalom had slain all the king's sons, and there is not one of them left. Then the king arose and tell his army and lay on the earth, and all his servants stood by with their clothes rent. And Jonadab, the son of Shemir, David's brother, answered and said, Let not my lord suppose that they have slain all the young men, the king's sons. For Amnon only is dead. For by the appointment of Absalom, this had been determined from the day that he forced his sister Tamar. 
Thou therefore let not my Lord, the king, take the thing to his heart, to think that all the king's sons are dead. For Amnon only is dead, and Absalom fled. And the young men that kept watch lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there came much people by the way of the hillside behind him. And Jonadab said unto the king, Behold, the king's sons come, as thy servant said, so it is. And it came to pass, as soon as he had made an end of speaking, that, behold, the king's sons came and lifted up their voice and wept. And the king also and all his servants wept very sore. But Absalom fled and went to Talmir, the son of Abelhud, king of Kesher. And David mourned for his son every day. So Absalom fled and went to Kesher and was there three years. And the soul of king David longed to go forth unto Absalom, for he was comforted concerning Abner, seeing he was dead. We read Second Samuel, chapter 13, verses 1 to verse 39. May the Lord have a blessing to the reading here and do of his holy word. What a chapter. What a chapter of warning. Amen. A chapter that tells us at the wages of sin. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Choose ye this day who you're going to serve. If God be God, then serve God. But if God be man, and the things of this world, then serve that. Amen. Whatever which one you decide to make your God, he said, then serve that because no man can have two masters. Either he would love one and hate the other. David was a man that was considered, that was said to be a man after God's own heart. Matter of fact, even God made this statement concerning David, that he was a man after his own heart. This was during the time that David was on the hillside making songs. Amen. Making poetry concerning God. Concerning the God of his salvation. While he was out there on the sheep, on the, on the hillside with his, with his father's sheep. It wasn't even his sheep. He was out there with his father's sheep. And he was blessing the name of the Lord. Amen. For what God was doing for him. Amen. While he was yet a shepherd boy. And through all of that, knowing God, blessing God, writing songs to God, poetry to God. Amen. Even a man have considered one after God's heart made a grievous error. I'm not going to say a mistake, an error. Because it wasn't a mistake. He knew just what he was doing. Because he tried to cover up the sin that he had committed when he had took Uriah's wife, Bathsheba, and had Uriah killed out on the uh, battlefield. Now all of this now is coming back home to haunt him. You know heard people say, the chicken sooner or later going to come home to roost. Well, this is it. He's coming home to roost. He took a man's wife, and here he had three, four wives in the in the palace, along with concubines, and he still was not satisfied. And and when God sent Nathan to tell him concerning these things, he said, look, if that wasn't enough for you, all you had to do was ask, I'd have gave you such and such. Anything you would ask me, I'd have gave it to you. But before David went to God, he went in, into into his flesh, into the lust of his eyes, and the pride of his life, 
and he took another man's wife. And he hosted, he stayed with her because he was the king. To refuse the king is certain death. And so when he sent for her, the Bible said he took her. And she got, and she conceived, she got pregnant. Now he tried to hide his, his deed up by sending Uriah back home, thinking that Uriah would live with his wife, that he would be blamed as the father of the child. But Uriah had uh, integrity, and he would not go lie with his wife, knowing that the men that he fought alongside were still out on the battlefield. And so he would not go in. And because he wouldn't go in, David put him on the, on the highest part of the battle to be killed, to try and cover up his tracks. And when he did this, God told him, said, the sword would not depart from your house. And the child that Bathsheba bent, conceived, the child would surely die. And he would bring turmoil into his house. Now the turmoil is here. The child that Bathsheba uh, birthed, he died. But before he died, the Bible said that God caused him to be very sick. And so he had to look at this child died from this sickness. Whatever this sickness that God had placed upon him, he looked at the child suffer and die before his face. But it wasn't over. That's why the Bible said you got to count the cost to see if you're willing to pay the price. He said no man go to start to build a house not seeing that he have enough material to finish building the house. You got to count the cost to see if you can pay that price. No man go out the wall unless you know that he that go out with 10,000 can fight against one that had 20 or 30,000 or 100,000. You got to count the cost. David never counted the cost. Amen. Even though he saw what happened to Saul when Saul committed sins against God and tried and tried to take David's life and, and refused to honor God's word by killing all the Amalekites. Once he saw this, he ought to know that God is the same God today as it was yesterday and forevermore. God don't change. And so when he saw this done to Saul, see, God let us see these things. He let us come into knowledge of these things, to know what he is, who he is, and what he is, and he's not to be played with. Not to be taken lightly. And he let us see these things before our face, so that when we make our decision, we don't make it blindly. We do it with our eyes wide open. David, amen, had got away from God. He had, got, had so much of peace and so much of comfort in the palace that he had got complacent. And the Bible says it was a time that, that the kings went out the wall. But instead of David going out the wall, he stayed home in his palace. And one evening he went out by dance up on the rooftop, and he saw Bathsheba bathing, saw her naked body, and he lusted for her, and he had to have her. Even though he got wives inside the house, he got concubines he could have went laid with. He wanted her. That's something when lust and sin fills your heart and your mind. You can't see nothing else but what you want. You're not seeing the consequences because you, you, you're too blind to what you want right now. And so now as he took that man's wife, now he his own son. Then lust for his own sister. And the Bible says he took her. He took her. Now, if you notice when we were reading the scripture, in the very uh, 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 first two verses, they were talking about how Abner was sick for his sister. He wanted her so bad. And because she was a virgin, she, she was good to look upon. She was a sexy, good-looking girl. And he was wrestling with this thing. He was on the fence with this. 
because the Bible said that he said he thought it hard for him to do anything to her. It was in his heart that he wanted her. The lust had been filled his heart and his eyes. He wanted her, but he said, look, I'm right. Jack, this is my sister. I can't do this. It's kind of hard for me to do these kind of things to my own sister. But he gets somebody that's so-called a friend, which is his, actually his first cousin, because this is David's brother's son. And tells him, say, look, you're the, you're the king's son. Why are you leaning from day to day with this thing? Tell me what's on your mind. I can help you out with this. And what he do? He gives him bad advice. That's the problem with a lot of us. We get bad advice. And you know something? We be knowing this bad advice, but it's the advice we want to hear, and we run with it. We run with it. Even if it comes from the pulpit, if it's something you want to hear that's going to help the lifestyle you want to live, you take it and you run with it, even though the Bible explicitly speaks against it because somebody else gave you advice concerning it, but concerning something that you already have in your mind and your heart that you want to do, you grab a hold of what somebody say out of their mouth and you run with it. In regards to what people say, God's word remains the same. It remains the same. And so what he tells him, he gives him a plan. He gives him a plan and a plot. When the king comes for evening supper, when the family comes together, tell him you're sick. Tell him you're sick. You can't come out. To, to, the, to the family gathering to eat. Um, you're going to stay at home and eat. Send your sister Tamar to you. I'm going to tell you how, you're gonna, how you can get a hold of her. And so he takes it and, and, and tells David that he's sick. Just what, what Jonadab tells him, he repeats the same thing to his own father. He repeats the same thing to his own father. He deceived his own father. And his father, not knowing what this boy got in mind, he sends for Tamar and tells Paul to go over to, Ab- to, to, to your brother Amnon's house and go and, and fix some food for him. He's sick. Yeah, he's sick. Sin sick. That's what's happening with the world today. It's sin sick. When you get politicians and even some people in the church that's willing to marry men with men and women with women, amen, and, 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 and compromise with the word of God, that's sin sick. That's why the Bible says that Jesus, he, he might have came and healed. He might have came and raised the dead. But his purpose in coming was to do what? To heal people and deliver them from what? From sin. That was his main purpose. That's why he died. That's why he died the death of the sinner, to save us from the penalty of sin. And you hear people talking about God understand and, and, and all have sinned. But what did, what, did, what did Paul say in the book of Romans? Now that grace abounds, shall we continue in sin? The, the answer come back, God forbid, that we live any longer therein. God forbid it. God's not taking excuses. We know what we're doing with our eyes wide open. Listen to the, the popular opinion of people. Jonadab gave him some bad advice. He knew it was bad advice. He was already wrestling with this within himself. And all he had to have somebody just to push him over the edge that agreed with him. Just because people agree with you don't make it right. Just because people agree with you don't make it right. We're looking at the, at, at, at a, at a program about the preachers of Detroit. And you have one preacher in the church preaching against sin and about a, 
and, and preaching against having sex outside of marriage. And he had a pastor who invited him over. Here he sits in the church passing out condoms. Come on. Come on. How are you going to contradict what the word of God is saying? Talk about put a shield on yourself. If a man jump out of an airplane, he don't jump out uh, bareback. He have a parachute. And so he passed out condoms and talked about you don't, you don't go bareback. Put something on to shield yourself. Cover yourself. Protect yourself. That's not what God's word is saying. He said marriage is honorable and the bed is undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. That's what God's word says. And it ain't going to change for you and it ain't going to change for me. And so, so, so Absalom, Amnon, he agrees with what Jonadab tells him. And he takes that flimsy excuse that they pushed him over the edge because this boy agreed with him. And he tells this thing to his father. And a lot of us take bad advice, knowing it's bad advice, and we run with it because we got somebody to agree what, what we want to do. And so now he makes this plot, tells his, his father that he's sick, tells his sister Tamar to come and make him some food at his house so that he can eat it from her hand. When she comes there, what he does, he put all the servants out. Let every man be out from me. He put them all out. So nobody can be a witness to what he's about to do. He didn't, he, he, he didn't already hatch the plan. And he's just like a snake in the grass. He's about to strike. And so when she comes, by him being stronger than she, he takes her. But before he takes her, and she asks her to come lie with him, when she brought the case into his chamber, she tells him. She, she trying to reason with him. That's somehow how when lust fills your heart and your eyes, you can't be reasoned with. Everything somebody trying to tell you concerning the word of God, what's right and what's wrong, the first thing comes out of your mouth, how are you going to judge me? You ain't right yourself. You didn't done wrong. You didn't run done wrong before. That's the first thing people want to holler, that, you, that you're judging them. They, they consider the fact you're trying to help them. They consider the fact you're trying to help them to stay in, into, into the right fellowship with God so that you don't do this in the eyesight of God. You, they don't hear that. They don't see that side. They only see the side that you're telling them something wrong they're about to do, and they tell you, how can you judge? How can you judge me? You ain't perfect. That's the thing that people use to try and make you feel bad or try and shut you up from telling them the truth. Jesus said, only the truth going to make you free. Why should we Why should we want to continue to live in bondage to sin? Because once we do it and the talk get out about you, you know, then your, your name is drunk through the mud. You're, just, you're, you're living in disgrace. You're living in shame. And a lot of times after that, people is not known anymore by their name. They're known by their acts. Oh, that ain't nothing but a whole mother there. You, you go and talk to him? You go and talk to her? She been with every man in town. Yeah, yeah, she might have just been laid down with one man. And because they saw talk to two or three other men, they, they, they charge her with that too. 
So once you lose your, your innocence and your integrity, then there's nothing but bad talk about you. And so she tried to reason with him, but he would not. The Bible says he would not hearken unto her. He would not listen. He just wasn't hearing no no reasoning. And that's what sin does. It don't call. It don't allow you to hear reasoning. It don't allow you to hear truth. It don't allow you to see consequence. All you see is what you want. And she tells him, "Say now, when you do this, if you do this thing to me, where I'm gonna go? Where shall I go?" Where shall I go that's going to cause me to be living in shame? And as for you, thou shalt be as one of the fools in Israel. He said, now, I'm praying. I'm praying. Now, she bring God into the picture. She said, I'm praying to, for you that you go and speak to the king because he won't hold, withhold me from you. If we're going to do this, let's do it right. And this is what God is saying. God is not saying that 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 having sexual intercourse is nasty or it's wrong. He said, but if you're going to do it, do it right. Do it right. He put it there for us to have our pleasure, but to have pleasure, doing it right. Let every man have his own wife and every woman have her own husband. He that finds himself a wife, find himself a good thing, and obtain favor from the Lord. How are you going to obtain favor from God if you shack it, if you fornicate, or if you commit an adultery? How can we find favor from God living like that? God don't bless that. And people think some people are being blessed because you see material, materialistic things that they possess. You remember what, Jesus, what, what Satan told Jesus after he was baptized in the river Jordan by John? The Bible said that the Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Do you realize one of the temptations that Satan gave him? The Bible said he took him up on the highest pinnacle uh, of the temple and showed him all the riches of the world and told him, say, I'll give all of these things to you if you bow down and worship me. So he let you know that Satan gives out things too. When you turn to your side, but how long will it last? How long is it going to last? It's only for a season. The pleasures of sin is just for a season. Verse 14 says, How be it he would not hearken unto her voice? Be stronger than she, post her, and lay with her. And I have not hated her exceedingly, so that the hatred wherewith he hated her, he hated her, was greater than the love wherewith he had loved her. And I'm not saying to her, arise, be gone. Now, we know from 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 the from the word of God that this is not love, because if you look at First Corinthians uh, chapter thirteen, it tells you about about the love chapter. That's the chapter that tells you about about love, how you can examine a, a, an individual and know for without a, without a shadow of a doubt that this person loves you. They're just selling you a bill of goods and just telling you some flattering words. Amen. It's not what a person says. It's what a person is willing to do to show you that they love you. I would say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever just believing in him would not perish but have everlasting life. John 
chapter three, verse sixteen to seventeen. Now, so look what look what First Corinthians chapter thirteen said. He said, he said, love do not behave itself unseemly. It seeketh not her own. This part wasn't thinking about nobody but itself, and it is not easily provoked, and it think no evil. Now that that's that's First Corinthians chapter thirteen. Verse 5. Now, that's just one verse that describes what love is about. Now, if you look at what he did to this girl, that's not love at all. So you can see easily why the Bible says he, he, the hatred was greater than, than, than after he had to took her than it was before. Why? Because it wasn't love at all. It was nothing but lust. It was nothing but lust. When a man is drawn away, He's thrown away by and enticed by his own lust. And when lust is, is is conceived, it brings forth sin. And when sin is finished, it brings forth death. That's what the Bible says concerning lust and sin. Amnon said, Arise, be gone. Now he didn't ruin this girl's life in a matter of seconds, minutes, however long it took him to do what he did to her in his chamber. And she said unto him, There is no cause. This evil in sending me away is greater than the other that thou did unto me. But he was not hearken unto her. He still wouldn't listen. Now, it's not, it's not, it's not lust that's, that's causing him not to hear reasoning. It's embarrassment. It's embarrassment and shame that's caused him not to hear now. And, and, and some of us that are listening at this, at this, at this lesson, we know what embarrassment and shame does. We've been there before, and we don't want to hear nothing from nobody. Get out of my face with all that foolishness. We don't want. We don't want to hear nobody tell us why, because it brings conviction, and, and conviction don't feel well. It's not no good feeling. When 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 God sent Moses down to Egypt to tell Pharaoh to let the people go, what the Bible say? Pharaoh's heart was hard. Because he knew what he was doing was wrong. His heart was hardened by what God told Moses to tell him. And so now, Amnon's heart is hardened towards his sister uh, Tamar. Because now he realized what he didn't did. Why is it that after we didn't did these things, that now we realize we was wrong? Why can't we see these things before we get ourselves in this type of trouble? You got young men going to jail, sitting in the courthouse, or sitting behind behind the cell, getting ready to be booked for murder or, or for selling drugs, and they go to crime because now they see, you know, that they didn't done wrong. You know, you were doing wrong before, but you couldn't see it. Nobody couldn't tell you anything better because you wanted to. You wanted to be one of the boys. You wanted to be out on the corner. And the first thing you begin to say, my mama didn't raise me like this. I know better. My mama didn't raise me like this. Now you want the sympathy of everybody. Now the, the hatred was exceeded. Then Abner hated her exceedingly, so that the hatred wherewith he had he hated her was greater than the love wherewith he had loved her. The hatred was greater than the lust, not love. Now I'm going to say to her, rise, be gone. 
And she said unto him, There is no cause. This evil in sending me away is greater than that which you did. But he would not offer them to her. He ain't here. He embarrassed now. He's convicted in his heart now about what he did. Then he called his servant and ministered to him and said, Put now this woman out from me and bolt the door after her. Now she's not a sister. She's just a woman to him. She's just any, like any other woman out on the street. Put her out from me. See, now, just the very sight of her brings back to him what he did. And so a lot of times what we were trying to do is, is, is put things in the back of our mind because we don't want to be confronted with what we did, and so we try and put it away from us. And this is what he's saying here. Put the woman out from me because to see her is to tell me the wrong that I've done to her. And so long as I don't see her, I can play the part like this, though this never happened. You got people that have been going on with their life and then ruined people's lives and raped them, molested them. And here people have to live with this the rest of their life. And a, and a perpetrator, he's been moved on like, like nothing that never happened. Probably didn't molest and rape somebody else. Or he then went and got a wife and living with this woman, got daughters and sons now, and trying to guard them like, like a security guard, guard a bank. But he, he didn't ruin somebody's life, and he didn't move on. Like, like this part of his life, this chapter in his life, it never happened. And not just men. You got older women that did not need change to little boys and to little girls. Turn them out. Some people in hoodwink some kids and say, look, man, I'm going to help you make some money. Come on. Come on, make this money with me. And get out there and get shot, get paralyzed. Now, the person who brought them out, they didn't move on with their life. But, you know, you have somebody that you have to look at, help feed, clothe, bathe, and all this, sitting in a wheelchair the rest of his life. This is how easily a person's life could be ruined and taken from him. You can still be alive and your life still be gone. It's not a trip. You're living, but yeah, you don't have a life. People spending the rest of their life going to die in penitentiary living, but still don't have a life. He called his servant that ministered unto him and said, put thou this woman out from me and bolt the door after her. I don't want to see her, because for me to see her is to remind me of what I did. And she had a garment of diverse colors upon her, for with such robes were the king's daughters that were virgins apparel. Then his servant brought her out and bolted the door after her. Now the apparel she got on don't speak to who she really is. It's, it don't say that, that, that she's a virgin anymore because now she's been, she's been, she's been tampered with now. And so now she's, like, like you hear people saying in the church, she's living a lie. She got the apparel on that don't that don't exhibit what she's supposed to be. And Chapman put ashes on her head and ran off the garment of diamonds because she tore that off her because this is not me no more. She, 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 she ripped her garment of diamonds colors that was on her and laid her hand on her head and went on crying. Life ruined. Innocence taken. And so now, a person who should have had a life, had a husband and a family. Now she's going to become an old maid because nobody's going to want her being to happen with you.
Verse 20 said, Absalom, her brother, said unto her, Had I not that brother been with thee? But hold now thy peace, my sister, he is thy brother. Regard not this thing. So Tamar remained desolate in her brother Absalom's house. Do you know what desolate means? Do you know what it means to be desolate? Empty, void of bringing forth or producing anything. She lived in her brother Absalom's house and she remained desolate, which means that from that time forth until the day she died, she wasn't worth anything to nobody or herself. She was desolate. Had no life, no more life. But she lived. She had blood pumping in her veins. She had a heartbeat. She had all of this going on. She was breathing, oxygen in and out, inhaling and exhaling. But she was desolate. Something like a pulse on the ground, you go by as a farmer and you plant seeds, but yet nothing comes up. It's desolate. The ground, the ground is not bringing forth fruit. Now, what she was born for and meant to do was to produce children. She couldn't do none of that because she couldn't have a husband because she was tampered with her own brother. Now, this kind of stuff, this kind of stuff, don't stay quiet. This is what some people call juicy gossip. That kind of gossip get out. It's all over the church. It's all through the community. You can't walk nowhere without hearing it. If you don't know about it, people call you on the phone. Girl, did you hear about so-and-so? Girl, let me tell you. And they say that they was this, and they say that they was that. It gets out. Was done in the dark? It comes to the light. Hamal remained desolate in her brother Absalom's house. Now, before this happened, you know where this girl was living? She was living in the king's palace with the rest of the girls who was who was virgins. But now since she's not a virgin, she can't wear that type of apparel any longer. She ripped it off her. Now she can't even go back home. And so her brother Absalom take her in and tell her, don't worry, I got you, sis. But regardless of who said that they got you, that pain can't be removed. That thing that's been done to you, that violation, is you, is something you got to live with. You know, you can have, I don't care who you get, to talk to you, minister to you, tell you how many scriptures they want. Once something's been done to you and damaged you so bad, so deep, I don't care how they say, well, I know, they don't know how you feel. They're not you. It didn't happen to them. They can pray with you, pray for you, lay hands on you. They can take and pull a whole bottle of on top of your head. Only God could heal that skull. Only God could heal that skull. You get people get up in church and testify concerning the fact that somebody had done something at an early age, and they say, look, I can't hold this thing no longer in my heart. I want to release it so I can be free. Do you realize you're not free as long as you're holding somebody or holding this thing? This is how bad stuff like this damage you because you don't imp- imprison the person. You imprison yourself. That's the person who's going into prison. This girl went into her brother's house, and she was that desolate. She stayed there. She, wasn't, she wanted to be seen out on the street. Couldn't be seen out in public. Couldn't go to the worship service. 
couldn't go to, to make sacrifice to God because of the embarrassment and the shame. Verse 21 says, but when King David heard of all these things, he was very wrong. What's the sense of being angry if you ain't going to do nothing about it? When he heard of these things, he was very wrong. He didn't say that he took these matters into his hand and dealt with it. He just got angry. It's hard for you to discipline somebody when you know you done done wrong yourself, when you know you're the cause of what this individual did. The sins of the father pass upon the children to the third and fourth generation. And all of this you got to live with. And you hear the church talking about a generational curse, not a generational curse. That's judgment that comes from sin. And only God could heal this. Only God could heal this. If you confess your sins, God, he's faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But you got to confess. You got to come, you got to come clean with God. Not with people, but with God. Because once you come clean with God, then you can be clean with people. It may not erase what you did, but people will see that there's a change in you. That's why you hear people say, but I got to say, the things I used to do, I don't do no more. The places I used to go, I don't go no more. The things I used to say, I don't say no more. Why? Because I've been changed. Matter of fact, they even sing the song, Lord. You know I've been changed. Angels in the heaven sign my name. But you're going to have to want this. You're going to have to want this more than the guilt that's, that you're living with. Too many people is in church or have refrained themselves from going to church because of some so much guilt that they live in with. And instead of they get better, guess what? They get worse. Yeah, some people have been molested, been been take been taken advantage of. Instead of they go to God or or, or, or try and have their life turned around or whatever, you know what they do? They go out there and turn into prostitutes. A lot of young girls is on the street prostituting themselves because of what happened to them and they don't feel to that their life is worth it's worth nothing anymore. But the devil is a lie. But when King David heard of these, of all these things, he was very wrong. Absalom spake unto his brother Amnon neither good nor bad. Absalom hated Amnon because he had forced his sister Tamar. That tells you why. He hated him because of what he did to his sister. But he also, the Bible, the scripture also, the verse of scripture also says, he ain't said nothing to him. He ain't let him know that he knew anything about it. He ain't let him know how he felt about it. He ain't said nothing. Because the wheels is in motion about what Absalom going to do to him for what he did to his sister. Behind every action, 
there's a reaction. What come around, it goes around. But Absalom already made in his mind what he's going to do to him from the time that he that he forces this. You know, when we read in the scripture where John Adapt said to, to David, to King David, say, look, from the time that this thing happened, Absalom had already uh, determined in his mind what he's going to do to Amnon because he had forced his sister to tell him. Absalom spake unto his brother, Amnon, neither good nor bad. He ain't said nothing to him one way or the other. He ain't going to tell him and say, bro, why you did this to my sister? Man, you was wrong. Man, I could kill you. He ain't said nothing. That's why you hear a lot of times people say, people who are quiet, you got to watch them. But you don't know what's on their mind. You have to watch them quiet people. But even Solomon said in the book of Proverbs, a fool is known by his many words. Absalom has said nothing. He gave way to how he felt about it one way or the other. Because once you tell a person what you're going to do, how you, you know what they're going to be? On guard. And so he was waiting for Amnon to let his guard down. He was just waiting, waiting for his chance. Verse 23 says, And it came to pass after two full years. That Absalom had sheep shears in Belhazor, which is beside Ephraim. And Absalom invited all the king's sons. And Absalom came to the king and said, Behold now, thy servant had sheep shears. Let the king, I beseech thee, and his servant go with thy servant. And the king said to Absalom, Nay, my son, let us not all let us not all now go, lest we be chargeable unto thee. And he pressed him, How be it? He would not go but blessed him. He gave him his blessing. He gave him his blessing because sheep, sheep was one of the biggest business in the Middle East, just like here in Texas, you know, cattle, horses. There's they, some of the biggest business in Earl, biggest business in, in the state of Texas and in California. And so during this time, the Middle East, sheep, cattle, these things was, was a big business. And so what they did, the sheep, wool and what they used the wool to, to make clothing and make bed clothing and, and, and all kinds of stuff they did with sheep wool. And so they, they at a certain time of the year, after a certain season, when the, when the sheep had been grew so, so much of thick wool, they brought them to the sheep shearers and, sheep, and, and sheared the sheep, the wool from off the sheep. And so this was the time of season that, that they went to the sheep shearers. And so this was a big, like a festival almost, like a crawfish festival. Where, where they was all coming together, they would be drinking and eating and, and dancing and having and having a good time. Why? Because this is a time for what? Reaping. Then it fed the sheep, then it took care of the sheep all through the year. Then fattened the sheep up, the sheep then grew a lot of wool on it that they can use for all kinds of uh, 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 industrial purposes and stuff. And so now it's time to reap what they had already sold. And so now they're going to have a, 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 a great time, and they bring all of these servants together to go out there and, and get these things done and bring them to, bring them to the sheep shears. They're the same way that cattle men brought cattle uh, uh, into the market. They were bringing the sheep in to, to where the sheep shearers was down in Ephraim so that they could shear the sheep and take the wool 
and 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 and, and get uh, money or whatever they got off of it, even if they was trading for something that they didn't grow or something that they didn't have, something that might have was coming in off the ship, import export. That's where it come from. We got we got a lot of wool. What you got? You got a lot of sugar. Okay, let's swap. Import export. Let's let's trade. That's where trade come in. That's where import and export come from. And so it came around that time of the year for this to take place. And so David went to his to the to his father said, I mean Absalom went to David and said, Look, it's time for us to, to go into the market with the sheep to get to get the, the wool shared. So 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 come with us. Come come and, and, and rejoice with us. You know. Bring let let your sons, let all all your sons come with us. And so David said, Look, if we come then you you and you're gonna be charged uh chargeable to take care of us. You have to bathe us and clothe and, and feed us and, and make sure that we're taken care of while we're out, out there with you. Say, look, I'm gonna just give you my blessing and you're gonna take care of your, your your business. And so and so this is what, what these verses of scripture is talking about. And so verse twenty six said, say then then said Absalom, if not, if you if you're not gonna come, you know, I pray. Let my brother Amnon go with us. And the king said unto to him, Why should he go with you? So he's asking the question now. Because this thing, just like it didn't didn't leave Absalom, didn't have a left David either. You got some people, they loved one and died many, many years ago. You think they forgot about it? No. They ain't forgot about it. They got many things around that reminds them of of a of a loved one that they had spent some time with. They got all kind of memorabilia that remind you, you know, at the time that you once had with this individual, now they're gone, and so you 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 reminisce and you and you and you pay homage to that time that you spent. And so you say, well, why why should he go with you? He knew his son Absalom that he was vindictive. You know, one thing about us, we should know our children. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, people get out there fighting for us about their child when somebody said that their child has done something, and you already know that that's in your child. And instead of you chastise the child and correct them in their wrongdoing, what you do? You show the child that you're going to uphold them in their wrongdoing, and you fuss and cuss out the, 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 the adult that's coming to you to try and get justice about what your child did. And everybody should know their own child. What Jesus said, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. So you're supposed to know your children. And it's sad if a mother or father don't know their own children, don't know what's in them, don't know what they're capable of doing. And so David asked the question, well, why? Why, why should he go with you? Now, he didn't ask about the other sons. Check this out now. When he invited the king and, his, and all his sons, he said, look, we all going to be chargeable to you. He said, look, I'm going to just give you my blessings as you go out on your, on your business trip. He said, but I don't want to cost you any, any uh, inconvenience or whatever. And he said, well, well, let Absalom, let Amnon come. 
He said, well, why should he go? He ain't said nothing about the rest of his sons. He said, why should Amnon go? But Absalom pressed him that he let Amnon and all the king's sons go with him. Absalom had commanded his servants, saying, Mark ye now, and Amnon heart is merry with wine. And when I say unto you, smite Amnon, and kill him, fear not. Have I commanded you? Be courageous, be valiant. So he's giving them encouragement. He's encouraging them to kill his brother. Just because it's my brother, look, I'm telling you, it's all right to do this. You don't have to worry about, about me avenging uh, 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 him. I'm telling you to do it. You're my servant. Each one of the king's sons had servants that 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 was uh, assigned to them because they was all princes. David King, his sons, princes, his daughters, his princess. And so they all had servants. They didn't have to uh, do no, no menial work for themselves. They had servants to do this. And so now he tells his servants, he gives them a commandment. Commanded them. Walk ye now. When Abner's heart is merry. And this is what I was saying. During this time, you know, it's like a big festival. They're drinking, they're eating, you know. They're coming together and, and enjoying because they know they're about to reap from the fruit of their labor. They're about to reap now. Then the sword, now it's time to reap. And we have to understand that. Before you can reap, you got to sow. And if you didn't brought anything in, you got anything where you have not sown, then it didn't come from God. Because that's the word of God. That's God's process of blessing. You got the first sow. Whatever man sow, that should be also reap. You got the first sow. So we got to make sure that we sow in what? Good seeds. If you want to reap a good harvest, you got to sow good seed. So we're going to close out our lesson here, and I do pray that something we say concerning this lesson and concerning life, that it caught a hold of part of it, caught your attention, where that we don't go out and make the same mistakes that Amnon did. Amen. And this don't have to necessarily be your blood-related system. You need to be the sister in the church that you got your eyes on. That you've been telling the deacon or some other brother in the church, I'm going to get that. I got to have that. That's nothing but lust. That's not love. That's not the Holy Spirit drawing you to all. That's, your, that's the lust of your flesh. So stop here. Verse 20, 28. Hopefully, uh, if the Lord don't come back for the church, life lasts and death pass. We'll pick up, amen, back here on next week. And maybe we might finish this chapter on, on next week. But if not, as long as we're talking about things that we come into a daily contact uh, in a thing that we call life, amen, and it can, and it can be a help to us. Amen. Let us not be in a hurry. Bible says it teaches us to be anxious for nothing. Anxious for nothing. Don't be in a big hurry. 
Oh yeah, I know we've been we've been dealing with this chapter for the last uh two, three weeks. But it's talking about some things that we need to hear about, that we need to talk about, that we need to be confronted with. Because there's some people that's guilty of this. There's some people that might have these kind of things on their mind, and God is trying to help you to make the right decisions so you don't fall into the same shoes that David was wearing. So we thank God God for all of you who listen to the lesson on tonight. And we do pray that the word has been a blessing to one and all. Remember, once again, we are New Way of Ministries, Pastor Herman L. Evans. We're located 32822, State Highway 249 in Pinehurst, Texas. Or 77362. Our email address is nwoflife. 2002 at yahoo.com. Let us hear from you. Amen. So I pray that the rest of the evening may be a blessed one. Amen. And I pray that the word of God, amen, may be heavily upon your heart and your mind so that we can all make the right decisions. So may God bless you and may God keep you. This concludes our service for tonight. Amen. God bless you. Good night.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.